Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. Okay, now we're going to talk about Galatians. So... How amazing is it that we've had opportunity this summer to go through a whole book of the Bible? I want to start by just, again, just reminding us the the amazing opportunity that that really is and the importance of the Word of God. In Psalms, David said, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Why? Because the word reminds us what God thinks. The word reminds us who he is. The word reminds us who we are. The word reminds us of truth. The word realigns us with truth. So if you're struggling, the word can realign you. It's super important. And it can start to feel like, oh, yeah, I know that. I know that. I've read that. But... Holy Spirit always brings fresh things. And the more we know the word, the more we can pull it out when we need it. Okay, right? When you're in a situation and you need the word, you need to know the word. You need to not have, like, nothing from the word to pull on, right? You need to know the word, like really know the word. And the more we're in there, the more we know. Even on the same verse, we discover more and more. It's amazing. And so I just feel like this has been super significant to have this time to be in Galatians. And I hope all of us can say, as we wrap up Galatians, that we are more in the know. (laughs) We know more about Galatians now than we did a few weeks ago. Can everybody say that? (laughs) You can pull on that, right? And Galatians has like life things in it, like life changing, like things we need for our everyday life. And the word that kept coming to me, the words that kept coming to me as I kept reading Galatians 6, which is where we are today, the last chapter, um, I just, as I read and prayed over it and read and prayed over it, I just kept hearing the words operating system. And I feel like Galatians, along with many other (laughs) chapters and books in the Word, it's revealing to us the operating system that we are meant to live in as believers in Jesus. So, I love it that... We just get to read it. Can I just read it? Because you know what? It matters. Brethren and sisterin, even if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. 
But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, not in regard to another. For each one shall bear his own load, and let the one who is taught the word share all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, this he will reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. See what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. Those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised. Simply, they may not, so that they may not be persecuted. For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they desire to have you circumcised so they can boast in your flesh. But may it never be that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision is anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. For those who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear in my body the brand marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. That's a good word right there. And you know what? That realigns us when we get all up in our head, you know, and we're all anxious about things. This can just so cleanse and realign us. I feel like chapter 6 kind of wraps up all the amazing truths in Galatians. And so I want to just highlight a few operating systems that came to me as I've been studying this. The operating system of gentleness and restoration. That's where he starts, right? He starts with restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. And the question came to me, are we gentle with ourselves when we mess up? Because a lot of times, we're just not. We're hard on ourselves. And a lot of times, as the church of Jesus, we can be hard on other people, too. Do we have an operating system that says we have to pay for what we've done, and other people have to pay for what they've done? Or do we have an operating system of redemption and restoration and gentleness? The operating system we live by determines how we treat other people. Is it an operating system of restoration or an operating system of punishment? Not everyone wants to be restored, but do they know they can be? Do they know? Do they know they're loved? Do they know we desire restoration for them, or do they fear us and fear our punishment? So what happens when we mess up, right? What happens when other people do? This is, a, this is a big thing because it's such a shift in operating systems. And it caused so much trouble for Jesus when he was here because he kept demonstrating it. 
And, and the religious rule of the day was continually challenged because Jesus spent time with all the wrong people, right? <laughs> he went to lunch with Zacchaeus. He sat at the well with a woman, a woman who had had, you know, all kinds of different adulterous relationships, on and on and on, a prostitute, on and on. Jesus knew the restoration he carried. Do we know that? Do we know that we ourselves as believers in Jesus carry the redemption and resurrection power of Jesus? Do we know that? Or are we still living in the Old Testament where lepers had to be outside and no one could come near them, right? What happens in the New Testament? Jesus lays hands on lepers. It was like, what in the world, this crazy man? Like, are we still over here like, or do we believe that we can actually make a difference in somebody's life who is broken? That's a different operating system. The operating system of humility, each one looking to yourself is what he says. Do we have an operating system of humility or of pride? And it's a really actually a big thing because in James, God said that he resists pride but gives grace to the humble. And I don't know about you, but I would rather not be resisted by God. And... Sometimes as believers, we want to think that we could never be. Like, he loves us so much, you know. He would never resist us. Well, he always loves us. That never changes. And who he made us to be doesn't change. But when there's pride, it doesn't align with God. It's not like a subjective thing. It's not like, oh, well, they've had a really hard time, so it's okay for them to have pride. Like, we would like for it to be that way, especially me. I'm super high mercy. But it's not like that. You know, it just doesn't align with God. So it's resisted. And pride is masks itself in all kinds of ways. And that's a whole message and book in itself that I won't have time to go into this morning, but I encourage you to sit with God. That's what I've been doing a lot, just sitting with him. Like, could you please show me where I'm thinking in pride, where I'm walking in pride, where I'm relating to people in pride? How is it that pride is working in my life? Because I don't always see it. I don't always know but Holy Spirit will reveal it. And you might be like, oh, no, I don't do that. And Holy Spirit's like, well, actually, you do. Like, I don't know. That's how he talks to me. Actually, you do. But here's the great thing. Here's the thing. Here's the biggest thing I want everybody to get from this message. The operating system that Jesus gave us is not one of condemnation. So when God reveals pride to you, there's not any condemnation in it. Don't go there. That's old operating system. Condemnation is old operating system. 
Read Romans 8, like every week. Okay? It's, a, it's the new operating system. Don't go there. That is not God's operating system. When God reveals pride to us, it is so that we can walk in great grace. Because what is grace? Grace is God's supernatural ability. When Paul said, I have all these weaknesses, why haven't you strengthened them? Why haven't you helped them? And God's like, my grace is sufficient. And Paul's like, oh, then I'm going to boast in my weakness. Because in trade-off for my weakness, I get to have supernatural ability. In trade-off for pride, we get to have supernatural ability from God to live our lives in a place that we could never do on our own. All the pride in the world will not give you the grace of God. It will not give you the supernatural work and ability that God gives you through humility. And if you want to go deeper in that, I'm going to encourage you this little book by Andrew Murray. I don't know how many of you have read Andrew Murray. If you haven't, you should. He's, <laughs> I don't even remember what, it was a long time ago. I don't even remember the year. But anyway, this little book God used to change my life, and I'm just encouraging you. It's just called Humility, and it's by Andrew Murray. And I had a massive encounter with God when I read it that transformed me from the place I was in into greater grace than I've ever known before. Pride is oppressive. It measures, it judges, it condemns, it feels entitled, it's defensive, it's always comparing, it keeps you in a mindset of never enough. Pride is exhausting, you guys. Humility is so freeing. We get to have God's strength, God's ability, God's supernatural work, God's perspective and the fruit of the spirit so that's all I have time for for that but dig in uh, the operating system of bearing one another's burdens we were not meant to walk alone we were not meant to face all the things we face alone and there's so much freedom in just knowing that that's the way God created us. We're not meant to carry things all by ourselves. We need each other. We're created that way. We help each other carry the weight of difficult things, painful things, confusing things. But you know what? We also help each other just carry the weight of everyday life. Just everyday life. Sometimes it feels heavy, right? Especially in these crazy days we're living in, right? So just help each other. Send an encouraging message to somebody. Make a meal for someone. Pray for someone. Share what you're going through and what you're facing in your life with someone. Send a scripture to strengthen someone. Invite people to your table. Even if you pick up food from a restaurant. If you're like me, like... I got set free, you know. I, I'm not a cook. And, you know, I, other people have to cook, but I can make a table. Ask people questions, specific questions. And have people that ask you specific questions. So not just how are you, because what does everybody say? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? It's the standard greeting. It was not the greeting that... And it's still to this day, it's not the greeting that Jewish people 
give each other. <laughs> it's not the greeting that God instilled in people to greet each other. Anyway, that's another story. But nevertheless, ha have people in your life who ask you specific questions, not general, and you ask specific questions of the people in your life. It makes a huge difference when we get specific. Operating system of sowing and reaping. What are you sowing? I mean, it's just a challenge right here. You're either sowing to the flesh or you're sowing to the spirit. It doesn't seem to be an in-between option. <laughs> Ever notice that? <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Operating system of goodness. It talks about sowing goodness right here. And God is goodness, right? So we may be like, well, I don't feel much goodness in myself. Well, you know what? It's not about how you feel. It's that you have the Spirit of God. And we just, last week, from the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, one of them is goodness, right? So we don't have to produce it. We have it in us in the Spirit. So it's okay if maybe you were like, eh, I don't know. Just receive. Just step into the fruit of the Spirit because God is goodness and he will release it in and through us operating system of flesh or spirit religion or the work of jesus and this is where i'm gonna land this morning is right here because this is what we really need to get on the inside of us and verse 15 is the key Verse 15 says, for neither circumcision is anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. So how many of you are new creations? This is an actual question, and I do want an actual answer. So I hope if you're a believer in Jesus that you're raising your hand. So we're going to ask it again. How many of you are new creation? Yes, you are. Because it says you are. Because that is what Jesus did. And I'll never forget, I have what I call epoch moments in my life when I just encounter God out of nowhere and he just says something to me that like shifts everything. And I'll never forget when he said to me, when I said I make things new, I actually do. It's not a nice saying. It's not just a nice encouraging verse. I actually am supernatural and I can actually make things new. I actually do it. So these things that we hold on to for ourselves or other people, guess what? God can actually make things new. So you don't have to stay in those things, right? Because they can be made new because God said that he makes things new. And he said we're new creations, therefore we have a new operating system. We have it. We don't have to figure it out. We have it. Jesus does for us what the law could never do, right? Circumcision was an outward symbol of being set apart for God. But it couldn't do anything on the inside of people, right? It didn't do anything from the inside. That's why Jesus came and did for us what circumcision could never do, right? He changed us from the inside.
This is the central truth that all truth hangs on. This is why people can be restored when they get off, right? This is where gentleness and goodness come from. We do, though, have to choose, right? We do get to choose. That's the thing. We do. But we don't have to choose by according to how we feel. This is a really big deal. If, if I don't feel patient or kind, that doesn't mean I can't be. If I don't feel self-control, it doesn't mean I don't have any. But I get to choose. I get to choose if I'm going to operate by the Spirit and go ahead and be kind, even if I don't want to, <laughs> and trust that the Spirit of God is going to bring His kindness out because we chose Him. We chose Him over the flesh, right? We chose his operating system. I choose self-control when I don't feel like I have any because I know there's a whole reserve of self-control on the inside of me that I did not produce. I did not produce it. And another epoch moment of my life is when God said to me, I need you to know that, remember, I said it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of Marcy. And I was like, oh, yeah. So, no excuses. We can't be like, oh, it's just not my personality. Too bad, because it's God's personality, and the Spirit of God lives in you. You don't have to produce it. You don't produce goodness. You don't produce kindness. You don't produce faithfulness. You don't produce any of it. This is really good news. We should just cheer about that one. Right? This is really good news. You don't have to produce it. You just get to choose it. You just get to say, right now, I choose the operating system of the Spirit of God. I choose to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. And I'm not saying it's always easy because sometimes it's just not easy. And that's where, again, the whole first part of the book about helping each other, that's where that comes in. I call my friends that I know are not just going to go, oh, it's okay. They're going to go, no, actually, that's not true. If you don't have anybody in your life telling you that some of the things you think and believe are not true, you need to find you a friend that will do that. Because I'm just telling you, the enemy is wah, 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 wah all the time. 24-7 is what it says. He accuses 24 hours a day. He's always wah, 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 right? So sometimes it can be difficult. You have to phone a friend, right? Phone a friend. I'll find you a friend that you can phone when you and just tell them all the crazy things that you're believing, right? <laughs> so they can go, okay, I understand why you feel that way, but let me just remind you of what's real, okay? we got to have that in our life, and that's why it puts it all together here, and I love it. It puts it all together in the same chapter. It's super great. So... We live according to the flesh. It's constant measuring, measuring ourselves, measuring other people, comparing, judging, harsh, condemnation. That is the old operating system. 
And so what happens, right? What happens when we do feel jealous? What happens when we do become addicted to something that is destructive to our life? What happens when we mess up? What happens when we make a mistake? What happens when we're afraid? What happens? The old operating system, I'm going to make sure I get the words that I heard right. The old operating system gives you two options. Cover up. I'm just going to act like I don't have an addiction. I'm going to act like I'm not this. I'm going to act like this isn't going on in my life because I just need nobody to know that about me. So then, you know, David said he wasted away because his sin was hidden. Like, we cover it up, first instinct of Adam and Eve, right? Or we condemn. We condemn ourselves. We condemn other people. Those are the two ways that we can deal with it in the old operating system of religion, right? How do we deal with it in the new operating system? Because we're new creations, we confess it. Find somebody you can be vulnerable with and confess it. Call up, phone a friend. And we come in. We come right in. We, we, there's no barrier. Whatever it is. What, in, in God, he doesn't say like this little sin over here gets a different work of Jesus than this big one over here. You know, we do that. We, like, measure everything. We measure everything. Oh, this is just a little sin, so really okay, you know. Um, and God loves me, and so he accepts that. Like, no, he doesn't, actually. He resists that, which is only detrimental to us because we want to live in the fullness of everything he did, right? Jesus did it all for us. So we didn't, don't have to cover up and we don't have to live in condemnation. That's why Jesus did it. So I think we all need what Jesus did, right? And I'm looking at a room of people and people online Many of whom get this. We get this. A lot of it. I know you. And you get it. And I want to send us out today to give it away. Because it's really good news. To live by the Spirit is really good news. The finished work of Jesus is really good news. And I don't know how many of us, when you have something happen that is really good news in your life, what is usually your first response? You find somebody to tell, right? You don't want to keep it to yourself. If we really believe that this is good news, then we need to fill up the seats in this room. Go find people and just say to them, I have really good news. Would you like to come to church with me and hear more about this good news? I mean, you can tell them yourself, but I'm just saying. You can invite them here, and you can say to people, if you come to my church, you will encounter Jesus, and you will encounter love. Because that's a guarantee here. It's a guarantee. It's really good news. So, 
Let's stand up. Oh, no, let's don't stand up, because let's do communion. I don't want you to have to stand up and open this tricky, tricky little thing. So go ahead and open it. Because we're going to proclaim what he did until he comes, right? We're going to proclaim what he did until he comes. And every time we proclaim it, I believe we're reminding ourselves of this truth in Galatians 6, that we are new creations because of what Jesus did. So right now, as we take communion, we just thank you, Jesus, that your body and your blood gave us freedom and healing, freedom from condemnation. Your body and your blood did that, and nothing we do does it. Nothing we do. Therefore, nothing that we do takes it away either. So right now, we receive again in full the work of Jesus, the complete and finished work of Jesus, that you gave your life and you resurrected to give us resurrected life. And right now, we go deeper into the reality that we are new creations because of your body and your blood. So we take it, we take your body, the bread, and we take your blood, and we receive again in full the full remembrance of who we are in you, Jesus, and what you gave us. And now we can stand. <laughs> I believe that God is actually setting some of us free this morning, free from measuring. Measuring is exhausting. <laughs> If you're constantly measuring yourself and constantly measuring everybody else and deciding if they measure up or not, like, that's exhausting. <laughs> and it's not God's operating system. So, right now, anything that Holy Spirit reveals to you of like, hey, this measuring that you're doing right here, I want you to give it to me. Just give it to him right now. It's, it's as simple as that. It's that simple, literally. I had a, another encounter time with the Lord a couple of years ago. And it wasn't like God just all of a sudden, like, you know, invaded my space in a big way. It was like a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> And there was a lot of things going on in my life that I could not control because it was things other people were doing that was causing a lot of pain and trauma. And God was like, I see your pain. I know that you're hurting. I know that you're disappointed. But I'm going to tell you what to do with it right now. And he said, you can keep it if you want to, and you have all the valid reasons for keeping it. And he said, you can keep it if you want to, but you won't have my grace. Or you can give it to me, and you can have grace. And grace can help you in ways that you could never have without it.
And I was like, wow, okay. And it was a moment of surrender. I had to surrender those things that I wanted to hold on to because I had valid reasons for feeling all those things. And it's not like God doesn't care and we don't have our process and all of that. He does. But this is part of it. It has to be because we need grace. And we, need, we, we have to just surrender it. It's not invalidating it to surrender it, okay? God, he knew all of that that I was feeling, but he also knew that if I would give it to him, if I would surrender, that I would have the grace to walk through it that I wouldn't have, and I would just be trying harder myself to get through it. So right now, God, just reveal to us anything that you want us to surrender right now, any pain, any disappointment, any fear. There are real things that happen in our life that cause real pain and trauma. And Jesus actually gave his life for that too. So I just thank you. I thank you. And right now, we lay our measuring sticks down. We break those measuring sticks. And we receive the fullness of what you gave us, Jesus. And I just thank you so much that we are new creations and help us discover what that means even more every day. And right now, I just send these amazing people out to share this amazing, amazing good news of redemption and restoration and goodness and kindness and faithfulness and joy and gentleness and all the fruit of your spirit. If you would like prayer, if you are relating to, I need somebody to help bear my burden right now, I want you to come up. And I would just love all our prayer teams, our table group, pastors, staff, elders, leaders, anybody who wants to pray for people. Come on up, and there are people here to pray for you. And yeah, let's just let, let's just end. This is how I feel. Hear me. This is what I feel. How to end? Let's just end with joy, because this is not a heavy message, you guys. This is really, really good news. This is really happy. So. I don't see Justin. Maybe he's not here. Um, I was going to send a drummer up there because, you know, why not? Maybe there he is. If he, if you wouldn't mind, Justin, let's end this way because, y'all, let's celebrate. Oh, this is really good news. I don't know. Play. Play. Sure, whatever you think. Just, yeah, I'm not a musician. Justin's like, I need the other instruments, which totally is even better, right? All right, are you ready? Okay, now, come on. Let's, can I, could, could all the Gen Zers just come up here? Yeah.
Now, let's just get loud and happy, and then you can go whenever you're ready. So anything loud and happy, guys? Go be the most joyous people in the restaurant. <laughs> 